Welcome to the Sales Influence Podcast, where we talk about finding the why and how people buy. I'm your host, Victor Antonio. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for lending me your ears. And if you're watching this on video, man, I appreciate your eyeballs. Today, I got a guy by the name of H. John Mejia. We're going to touch on a topic that's really touched on, which is incentives in sales. But before we jump into it, please help me welcome to the Sales Influence Podcast, H. John Mejia. H., how are you doing today, man? Victor, great to connect with you. I'm doing awesome, and I'm just thankful and grateful to spend some time with you here today. And uh, kudos to you on all your great shows that you're producing, the content. And uh, I've always been a big fan of yours for many years with all the great things that you're putting on internationally as well. So thank oh, you, Oh, man, I appreciate that, Edge. I really do appreciate that. Hey, before we jump into the topic of the day about incentives and selling, let's talk very briefly about your new book. Talk to me, H. What do you got? Yeah. Well, I just happen to have a copy here handy. It's called Step Into Your Zone, uh, a playbook of secrets for peak performance in business, sales, and life. And this is a book, uh, the culmination of a lot of years of effort and a desire to be able to share some successes, triumphs, uh, some of the sabotage or some of the tr uh, str uh, struggles that I've had and put them into a book. And the book is all geared towards helping people in business, sales, and life. It's about helping people become the best version of themselves. Uh, Victor, it's a, it's a book that helps them reach their zone. It's a book that helps them become the best version of themselves with stories, nug golden nuggets of interviews, and uh, it's a great culmination. It's a great book. It's great getting great reviews, and it's available on Amazon, Step Into Your Zone. So thanks for the shout-out on the book, and I really appreciate it, By the Victor. way, you've gotten a lot of nice plugs, like video plugs from like big names out there, you know, just to really kind of drive this up, because you've talked to a lot of people over yeah. the years, but talk to me about yeah. some of the people that are in that book before we jump onto our topic. Yeah. You know, I've been very fortunate with my TV career. I've interviewed uh, a who's who. I've been very blessed and fortunate uh, over my career. And uh, I've reached out to those people that I've interviewed over the years and uh, reconnected with them. And they were able to give me a great, a, a nice shout out in the book. And one of the guys that I've worked with over the years, and Kevin, you know, Kevin Harrington uh, wrote the forward to my book. Kevin is one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank on ABC. Kevin was so gracious enough to write the forward to my book. And then included in the book, I also have Damon John, uh, a current shark on the ABC show Shark Tank. And, and check this out, Victor. I'm from New York City, as you know. And Damon and I went to the same high school, Bayside High School. And, da and Damon gave me a nice shout out. And I've got uh, NFL Hall of Famers like uh, Eric Dickerson, Derek Brooks. I've got uh, celebrities, athletes, all that I've, uh, people that I've interviewed have gave me some tremendous shout outs and they're all in the book and uh, all part of the great reviews that we're getting on it. So thank yeah, you. I mean, you reminded me it's funny going through the book and then seeing all these interviews you reminded me like the i guess the sports slash celebrity version of larry king can i compare you to that because that's what i felt like oh larry king an honor thank yeah, you yeah i thought it was great the interviews were great yeah. and the, the fact that they were willing to give you shout outs on video i'm just amazing man but anyway let's get to the topic of today yeah. man because yeah. i really want to talk to you about incentives in yep. selling yep. where do you want to start yep. with this one h wow Victor, just plan a note, all right? Put this in your to-do list, your bucket list. You and I need to get together and do a, a multiple series uh, of incentives, more so than ever in today's marketplace, Victor. My opinion, uh, being that I've been in the incentive arena for over 20 years, uh, devoted and committed in my life to working with companies to use incentives to drive results. So I think where we should start, let me lay a foundation because we, if we want to scale up with concept on incentives, we've got to lay a good foundation of those. And I do suggest uh, that maybe we cover, I feel, the six elements to establish that good foundation, if you're cool with that. I'm good with that. Can, can I ask you before we get into the six elements? Because I'm done. Yes. What is, like, if you're a manager, a leader of a company right now, and you're listening to this, give them a big why you should pay attention for the next 30, 40 yeah. minutes. Yeah. More so than ever in today's marketplace with uh, the, uh, the challenges that we have with the pandemic, uh, markets segment markets, some markets are getting devastated. Some segment markets are blowing up numbers like never seen before with 50 to 100% growth as a result of this pandemic. 
you know, in sales, you know, you are the master and you are the great teacher in sales. You teach us and how to drive through the sales process, how to drive through that funnel. Incentives is the tool that can drive behavior, that can drive the results that you want in your business. So whether we be incentivizing a customer for their loyalty, whether it be incentivizing a company to get their attention, to acknowledge them, to keep their loyalty, to keep retention, to get them to grow their business, to create cross-selling opportunities, to grow sales in a stagnant market. Incentives can be used as a manager to drive those results, to drive that behavior. It's important more so than ever today. Now, also in sales, what about your team, your sales team on the field, out there pounding pavement, dealing with adversity or dealing with opportunities? As a manager, as a leader, it's our job to motivate that sales team. We're the, we're the coach. We're the motivator. And how do you drive performance for people to better their best? How do you deal with the top reps and how do you drive them to perform more or how do you deal with mediocre reps and drive their behavior and challenge them to the next level or how do you deal with the people that are just maybe one step from being fired and how do you save them and save your HR dollars and turn that person into a performer Victor it's my belief my conviction that incentives when used properly can drive those results to produce that 10, 20, 30, 40% growth in sales that we as managers need in the marketplace. It's all part of the game. When you look at the landscape of all the companies you've dealt with and people you come across who are maybe not using programs like yours, you know, what do you see? I mean, if you had to do a, you know, finger to the wind percentage oh. of who's using incentive programs and who's using, what percentage, I mean, what do you see in the market? Yeah, great, great question. I've been very fortunate, Victor. My portfolio of clients and my, over my career, I've worked with a lot of the Fortune 100 companies, Fortune 50 companies, billion-dollar companies that use incentives to drive behavior and performance. So obviously, when you deal with that kind of enormous of thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of people in an incentive program, that's one aspect that we deal, deal with. And those are programs that, that the big companies are utilizing. But I don't want to intimidate anybody because I do work with mid-sized mid companies, those companies that do anywhere from 10 to $50 million. And then I also work with the small companies, the startup companies that are maybe a million, two, $3 million utilizing incentives. Everybody across the board in today's environment, Victor, is using incentives. But here's the key things. It's kind of like using the tools. It's a different playbook for each company because obviously on a big scale, we're using loyalty reward points, which I'll talk about later. And on a small scale, we can use the uh, enormous uh, popularity today of utilizing digital gift cards uh, since we're now in a COVID uh, no-touch selling environment. And so simple little digital cards can be another uh, uh, um, solution to be able to drive results for my clients. Okay, so so let's frame this conversation then. One, incentives yep. are necessary or, or should be part of your sales arsenal if you're a leader to drive performance and behavior, right? So if you're looking to drive revenue, this might be an opportunity. So let's let's kind of let's kind of frame this as creating uh, the incentive playbook for a company. And, and yeah, so, so now it. let's jump into the elements yep. and have a company as yes. you're going through it, H, what I want you to do is have a company in mind said, all right, here's what company A did. This is where they started, you know, as we go through the different elements. So people can really relate because like for me, when you first talked to me about incentive plans, the way yep. you're going to talk about them in loyalty programs, yes. remember I was like, yep. I, I, I think I get it, but I'm not sure I get it. So I want to yep. make sure we go through this very slowly and carefully as we're creating this incentive yeah. playbook. So I'm gonna let you kick off Great. this conversation now. Great, awesome. Okay, good, good framework. Thank you, Victor. Um, element number one, let's just start with the foundation. If you go to the dictionary, incentive, what is the definition of incentive? So incentives are what? Something that motivates or encourages. I love that word, Victor, encourages someone to do something. Um, another definition, to stimulate greater output. How important is that from a sales perspective? So, you know, kind of putting that into, into context is that, so you want to reward an employee for their performance and you want to reward an employee for their five-year anniversary, six-year anniversary for their, uh, you know, we call them 10-year awards. You want to award a salesperson to drive them, to hit them 
to hit their quota. You want to reward a salesperson to drive and blow through their quota because of the opportunity of so many fish in the water today for some seg market segments. So you want to reward people for going above quota, you know, quota plus, quota plus, plus, and utilize it. So the first element is incentives are used to get a desired result, not just the purpose of, hey, here's something. No, you're going to use an incentive in element number one to drive a desired result that produces an ROI to get a return on investment. And that's element number one in getting started, Victor. What, what I also heard in that, by the way, great explanation. I love the part about the encouraging behavior The is that you're really looking for, you gave several examples and you're looking for I'm just going to call it incentive moments, like different reasons to incentivize people for different yeah. reasons. Fair enough? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Whatever we want to target, whatever we want to target in behavior from customers to internal, we'll be able to, to establish both. By the yes. way, good point, because what we're talking about is incentives for your clients to stay with you and also for your employees to be very satisfied. Yeah. Internal and external incentives. Good, good, good notation there. We want to we want to be able to attack both. It's called the one-two punch. Uh, we don't just want to be uh, one-dimensional. You want to in, uh, incentivize internal team, non-salespeople, the salespeople, and customers. Love it, man. All right, let's go to number two. Got the mindset element numero do, numero dos, right? Numero okay. dos. Here we go. <laughs> uh, to be effective, this is really critical. This is, again, this is from my 20-year career. I might be totally uh, crazy. I am crazy, but uh, my opinion is for incentives to be effective, Victor, they have to be non-cash compensated related. Let me, let me expand on that. Let me, let me clarify Yeah, people that. are screaming right now. If what? Non-cash? What are you talking about, H? Yeah. What do you mean? Go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> Here, you're, you're, exactly, you're exactly right. Let me just put this in context. Let's say, Victor, you're, you're, you're on my sales team for XYZ Company. I say, hey, Victor, go do this. Do X. Go make five more calls uh, than your average weekly performance. Go make five more demos than what you're performing at, Victor. And if you do so, I'm going to give you $100. Mm -hmm. So that's one aspect of it. And that $100 that drives Victor goes into Victor's paycheck, Victor gets taxed on that $100 and it becomes easily forgotten because now that net check falls to the bottom line. And what Victor does or Victor's wife does is take that paycheck and go pay the bills. Mm -hmm. So the intrinsic value is not as effective, is not as powerful and not as potent as saying, hey, Victor, listen, I need you to step up a little bit because I know you have so much talent. You have so much ability. If you just drive your performance and do five more demos, Victor, I know you're going to crush your numbers. And if you do that this week, Victor, what I'm going to do for you is make private reservations for you and your wife at your favorite restaurants and with your favorite dinner and favorite bottle of wine. Can you do that for me? You notice the difference. You see the scale of, 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 of the distance between I'm attaching an emotional reward that provides a guilt-free experience by going to dinner, something that has a tangible intrinsic value versus my paycheck I get taxed on and becomes part of my bill pain sequence. And in fact, you might be feeling guilty about even spending that for yourself because you feel guilty that you need to pay the bills with it. I hope that kind of creates some contract contrast that to be effective, non-cash compensation. I 100% agree with you. I, you know, when you first hear non-cash, you're like, what? You know, salespeople like incentives. But we're not talking about, you know, monetary incentives. We're talking, this is another layer of incentives. This is what we're really talking about. Because yeah. a salesperson yeah. has their base salary plus commission. Okay, base salary plus yes. commission. What we're doing, in your case, what you're doing is layering an incentive that has an intrinsic value. And you defined intrinsic, and I love the two things you put together. It's emotional. And it's guilt-free because studies have shown that I can give somebody $20 and they'll feel kind of awkward. But if I give them a gift card of $20, totally different reaction. You know, so I, you know, it is, it, it, it's amazing. It is almost like we, we put it in a separate mental accounting bucket. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. You're, you're so right. It takes it out of the compensation bucket of cash and it puts it in a separate tier. And you're so right. It's important to layer that not only for internal, 
but also for customers. And let me just add mm -hmm. a, this uh, this caveat to your to your statement there. On a customer level, you're a distributor. You're selling to contractors. You're selling to your customer that are buying from you. That's the the cash thing would be the same as. Uh, removing the rebate. Mm -hmm. You don't want to just give them a rebate check back or, or just a rebate off their statement. Uh, you want to create a separate layer of a tangible uh, intrinsic value related incentive. Great example. That's a great example. And yeah. I think people get that. But again, we don't think about this. And this is why, yeah. by the way, if you're, if you're listening, yep. and I'm glad you're still listening to the Sales Influence Podcast here with Victor Antonio and H. John Mejia, because we don't talk about this. We talk about base salaries, compensations, never how incentives, yeah. both internal and external, yeah. basically can help us build our business. Yeah. All right. First one was, let's it. really appreciate incentives and find those moments to incentivize people. Step number two, it's really a non-cash incentive that we're talking about because you want the emotional impact and you want some guilt-free experience going with that. Give me the third element on this one. Yeah. The third element is we need to drive and come on, we're salespeople, we're sales pros, right? We're older, we're always building the value, we're building the benefits, we're building the experience, right? Um, so it's important when you do a, 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 an incentive program, whether it be internally as we talk to the employees or the sales team or externally to, to your customer base, it's important to create and build the perceived value. Just like in the, uh, the prior example where I used about the dinner, right? Hopefully, Victor, I know you have a beautiful wife and you guys have a great relationship. That tangible connection of going to dinner or a, an award to share the experience with wi your wife is going to have a greater impact than having that cash uh, experience going to your paycheck. So we need to properly always frame the incentive, which means that we want to introduce the incentive to the target audience properly, whether that be a digital asset, a digital flyer, whether it be a meeting, a Zoom meeting, whether it be a video where you engage the um, the reward and and tell them about the incentive that you're putting on the table for them. So you need to create the the the, the sizzle, and then you need to create that perceived value. And again, whether that be in the in terms of uh, Victor performing a uh, an output of doing more demos. Uh, or Victor producing more sales to get that end result of a dinner. Or maybe let's go to a business experience, go to a business distributor. Let's use it where imagine that distributor you're selling to Victor and you're buying from me every month. You're buying my widget, Victor. Every month you're giving me hundreds of thousands of dollars of your business, your loyalty to me. Uh, you're buying from me versus the competition. And Victor, over that monthly time of buying from me during the course of the year, how about if I put an incentive offer for you? And Victor, you love golf. You're a golf maniac. And I say, Victor, for hitting this uh, revenue goal, uh, this purchase goal, I'm going to provide you uh, a trip for four days and three nights to go to Myrtle Beach to give you three rounds of golf. Uh, to give you a beautiful condo on the beach and also some shopping and dinner, uh, uh, an allowance for you to enjoy while you're on your Myrtle Beach vacation. Or if you prefer, Victor, I'll go and get you some custom-made, tailor-made golf clubs as your incentive uh, from buying from me this year. So you see, it's all about the perceived value of framing the award, the opportunity uh, internally or externally to be able to drive that behavior. Hope that kind of makes some sense yeah. with uh, properly packaging the incentive. Well, what I love about it is that you're highlighting something. So for those listening, I, I want to highlight something here that you, and you tell me if I'm putting words in your mouth, but I think this is what you would say. When we're talking about putting this presentation together, as you call it, the sizzle plus the value, right? You help companies design what these packages, what these incentives look like. You know, because somebody listening right now is like, well, I don't golf. You missed the point. If you say, I don't like Myrtle Beach, you missed the point. These can be designed yes. for different levels depending on who the customer is. You, you nailed it. Know your customer know what their hot buttons are, know what their desires are. That becomes establishing past the business transactional relationship 
Uh, this is, a, again, in certain scenarios, you know, you have a one-off transaction customer, a B2C, or you have a B2B, ongoing monthly relationship of buying your widgets. Know your customer, identify the hot buttons, and then put that um, put that teaser out for them that's going to hit their hot buttons. You're, you're right on. And that's about developing a relationship and knowing your customer. Having your salesperson become in tune with the customer, their account, and knowing what drives that behavior. Is it is it a trip to Disney with the kids or is it a selfish uh, golf, golf uh, uh, weekend with the guys? It's important to know that and tee that up properly. Here, as you're talking, I'm, I'm asking myself a question. Yeah. Who owns the incentive program? Like what role within a company typically owns this incentive program? Great, great question. You know, during my career of 20 plus years of devoting my my life to help uh, working with companies and their teams, I've seen it anywhere from the CEO from top leadership, then they kind of bring it down to the to the to the VP, the sales team and marketing. It's kind of like a one two punch, the marketing department. And the sales team, they kind of work hand in hand, right? Because what you're doing is you're using incentives for marketing to create attention, to create the disruption in the marketplace, right? To stand out from the competition. And then the sales team's got to come into play because we they're the they're the offensive line, right? They've got a they've got a block, they've got to get, mm. they have to buy in. And you blend in the marketing and sales team and and I say this in a humble manner, using my expertise to blend that tea to get to do together, to work together in harmony, to go out and dominate the marketplace. So typically CEO buys in, loves the idea. You have the sales team and marketing team blended together on the internal side. Typically it's the HR department on the internal uh, side from recruiting, hiring, retention, et cetera. Yeah, I can see this as a collaborative effort because you have the internal and the external. Yeah, I was to going be. to throw in HR at the last minute, so I'm glad you did because I, I see a blending of sales, marketing, HR, and then wrap that with leadership that says, hey, I think this should be part of our it, offering going forward. All right, Meg, it really give me is. element number four of yeah. this thing. Element number four, we're rolling, right? We're doing really good. We're going to roll with number four. Does this work? course it works. There's proof of concept. I've been doing this for 20 years. The biggest names, biggest brands, biggest companies utilize incentives every day. Victor, I don't know if you realize this, but corporate America today is spending over $150 billion, with a B, $150 billion a year in incentives. And incentives, you know, we're just talking concept today. We're talking about just the overall big picture concept on these emotions, uh, these elements that we're talking about. But incentives can be in the form of gift cards. It could be in the form of trip incentives, individual trips, group trips. A caveat here, obviously, trips have taken a bad pounding last year with the pandemic, uh, obviously. But in the future, on the go forward, the trips will come back when we get through this. Trip incentives, individual or group trips, right? You all, we all know about President's Club, top achievers, topper producers, getting wined and dined in Hawaii and those types of things. And then there are merchandise rewards, barbecue grills, you know, uh, laptops, uh, flat screen TV sets, golf clubs, you name it. Uh, those are some of the elements of the expenditures uh, that are happening today. 150 plus billion dollars and exploding and growing every year. Incentives... When I started 20 years ago in the in the career working with companies, Victor, it was like, oh, I'm creating separation, uh, doing something unique. My clients are implementing. Wow, we're really standing out. Incentives are now part of the overall offensive package that companies are using. So if you're not using incentives, you got to start thinking about what can I do to keep up with the field to add value into the marketplace so it works and companies are spending billions of dollars in doing so. So $150 billion is probably proof of concept that yes. it must be working because you don't spend that type of money if it's not. So here might be, so I got two tough questions. I don't know if you'll be able to ask me. These are tough questions. The first one, if I'm considering this program, what have you seen uh, in terms of percentage of revenue or maybe a percentage of sales or net profit, whatever it may be, that I should dedicate to incentive? Is there like a rule of thumb in the industry? Victor, that is a great question. That's that's an, that's that is so important. 
Is there a rule of thumb? It really depends on the different industries. But let me just give you some general, general uh, comments here. Depending on your product, depending on your margin, let's, let's use an example. Let's use a distributor. I don't care if it's a plumbing distributor, electrical distributor, HVAC distributor, roofing distributor, window distributor, you get the idea. A distributor typically has uh, two types of business. You have um, stock business purchases where customer comes into the, to the location, to the branch and buys product, right? And then you also have sometimes your commercial, your, your, your competitive bid jobs. What we see is that when you're promoting your stock purchases, which have what? Higher GP integrity, higher profit margins. Typically, rule of thumb is you're going to use anywhere from one and a half up to 5% uh, of the revenue in your stock purchases to reinvest back into an incentive program. And there's ways to, and I don't have, we don't have the time this morning today to get into it, but there are ways that you can tier those percentage payouts to get more uh, behavior purchases from your customer to give them the higher payout. So typically, uh, a high margin product, anywhere from one and a half up to five percent, typically was what you're going to be able to look at uh, on that on that uh, on that margin. When you're dealing with a low margin product. Let's say a, 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 a bid that is a lower margin. Typically, I've seen anything from a quarter of 1% up to 1%. So again, depending on the GP, you have to make, uh, we work, my team and I work with customers to make sure the business sense, it provides an ROI that when we go to the CFO, he doesn't kick us mm -hmm. out of the office uh, for proposing an incentive program that makes no economic sense. But general rule of thumb, quarter of 1% to 1%, and then from uh, the uh, higher GP products, you're going to be able to give a higher payout. Now, you said something. I know we don't have time to get into it now, but I think that's where, where yeah. I think the secret yeah. sauce is for what you offer, is yeah. that when you find mm -hmm. a company, you help them identify the, let, let's figure out what the numbers are going to be. One, let's say to 5.5%. But also you said within that, depending on what they're buying and what volume they're buying and what frequency they're buying at, you would create and tailor an incentive program that makes sense and gives that whatever that that buyer some uh, more momentum to keep buying. So I think that's where the magic comes in. Is that a fair statement? Victor, that is probably one of the biggest drivers of performance. And uh, I'm going to share a secret sauce here, okay? Is anybody listening? I'm just between you and just I, us. okay? Just, just us. It's called, just, <laughs> just, just you and me, all right? Don't tell all anybody. Right. Uh, I call it the treadmill, the treadmill effect. Think about this. You ever see those guys on a treadmill where the treadmill is like this and they're running like 100 mm -hmm. miles an hour? <sighs> like, yeah. You ever see those videos? Uh, think about it. It's easy to start on a treadmill that's, that's flat. When you gear up, you put it, you program it in, it's going slow and it just starts off at, you know, 10 miles an hour, eight miles an hour. So what you want to do is in the, any incentive program, you want to create a threshold that is achievable. Part of my book that I go into is that if you're, if you set a goal that is so unrealistic, they quit on you before it even starts. So you have to set an achievable goal that, well, heck. I can hit 90% of purchases from prior year to hit my level one incentive. Heck, I'm a sales guy, right? Victor, you're the sales guy. Heck, I can hit 85% of my sales quota from last year to hit level one. Level one is that flat treadmill. Hit the engagement. Get people engaged. Throw a big net out. And then as you hit level two, level three, notice the levels get higher and more challenging. But because you created the reward at a lower level of engagement, you now have them on the treadmill. And now they go to level two, level three, level four. So when they ultimately get to level five, you didn't overwhelm them in the beginning. You, you got them on the level one, level two, you're incentivizing. And the greater the level of the award of, of the of the purchase or the performance, the greater the level 
the greater the reward. And that's how you create engagement and catch catch that big cast that big fish net out there to get participation, engagement, and that's what's going to drive your performance levels all the way through your entire customer base. And and Victor, I'm sorry, but you got me got me geared off mm-hmm. here a little bit. Oftentimes we're only motivating your top five percent customers. But the thing is, where the opportunity is to drive sales, drive revenue, drive performance, Victor, it's hitting, yeah, you want to reward your big customers just for being their big customers and staying with you versus the competition. Where the opportunity to move the the needle is, that middle customer, that 50% of your middle customer, your B customer, who's buying from you, but maybe buying from your competitor down the street too. They're not giving you all their focused loyalty. That's where the opportunity is, is to drive performance through your entire customer base and using tiers, using low level, mid-level and high level to create that full engagement throughout your entire customer base. I hope that kind of makes sense that that's what's going to drive performance all the way through to the bottom. I I think the big takeaway there is that that movable middle, right? We'll call it, you know, if you look at a Gaussian curve, it's that movable middle. And if we could, again, I'm glad you highlighted that because it isn't just about motivating the people who are killing it or just buying a lot if they're their customer, but also those who are maybe not as buying as much. We don't have the full wallet share of what they're buying. So I love that. One more tough question along the line of money. So we talked about what percentage of their revenue or uh, they should be looking at. One to five, five and a half percent. If it's B2B, large sales cycle. If it's small, B2C, maybe 0.25 to 1%. If Is there a number out there, H, that ties, okay, you know what, for every quarter point I put in or one percentage point I, you know, I put into incentive plans. I typically see an yeah. ROI or an increase in sales or revenue bump of X, Y, Z. Can you give me something? Do you have anything, yeah. any numbers on that? Yeah. My typical thing, my typical program is going to range on the low side from 10%. And I've run programs that, again, I've had things where you have the, the you know, out of the norm, like crush it with big numbers. But typically, I always say clients, when we run an, an effective, comprehensive incentive program that's well-planned, strategized, uh, acknowledge the ROI, uh, set up a, a proper business rule, and we execute everything from launch all the way through to the end, typically anywhere from 10 to 40% to drive results is what we're shooting Love for. it, man. Good number. Good number. All right. Give me number five yeah. here, H. Let's cruise. Yeah. Okay. Um, element number five is adding value to the relationship. Incentives create a differentiation where you're able to go past the transactional phase of doing business. You know, we're salespeople. We want them to buy more. We want them to buy more, right? We want to hit our quotas. We want to, you know, or or management's driving higher quotas, higher numbers. Incentives rely the aspect of the relationship. And you're able to add another layer, like we talked about in element number one, another layer of performance in the relationship, another layer of an acknowledgement that why am I going to buy from you versus the competition? Years ago, you know, I've been in the incentive arena. Years ago, my company, uh, we're proud that back in the 80s, we're the ones that established, here's a credit card, right? You got a, mm-hmm. you don't have my, you can't see my credit card number, my Amex card. I'm in the incentive arena, Victor, for 20 plus years. I still jam my Amex business card and I get hundreds of thousands of points on my Amex card. I always pull the card out and I use it. My company, my organization, we're the ones that started the credit card process back in the 80s when we established the the ability to use the card to reward points with. And now it's become second nature today. Uh, You pull your credit card out, you earn points, and you use those points to buy stuff. So what I'm saying is that in the relationship, you're adding value that I'm going to buy from H's distributor. I'm going to buy from Victor's distributor. I'm going to buy from Victor, the salesperson. Why? Because I'm getting uh, rewards on top of buying from Victor versus the relationship. Now, here's, here's here's another secret sauce here. So many times in my career, managers say, what do I need to give them incentive? What do I need to give the sales team an incentive? I'm already giving them enough commission. Why do I need to give my customer an incentive? They're already buying from me. I'm giving them good customer service. They should be thankful for that. <laughs> you see the mindset here? Do you see this mindset? <laughs> and the reality is what's scary, Victor, I have conversations every day, some people that think that way. 
Here's the reality. You're great. Well, we don't need to give incentives because we invest in good customer service. Here's the reality today with the internet, the digital world that we're living in, great customer service, great inventory stocking, great selection of product, great interaction, great, uh, you know, great uh, customer service for dealing with adversity. Those are all things that just get you an admission into the stadium. It's not like, well, I don't need to give incentives. I'm going to give you good customer service. You need to give that just to play and keep yourself level. The incentives are on top of getting kick-ass customer service, product inventory, product selection. So the mindset you see needs to be shifted from like um, partnership, add value to like, uh, I don't need to reward the sales team. I don't need to reward my customer. You are going to get crushed with that Neanderthal, Neanderthal mindset. Uh, so the, the 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 customer service and execution is primary, but the incentive is layered on top of that for element number five. The uh, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things you just said there. Adding add, adding <laughs> value to the relationship. I think that the layer that we add there with the incentive programs, internal external, is is something intangible, but we know what it is when we see it, which is appreciation and gratitude. You appreciate your people inside, but you show gratitude for people buying from you on the outside. And I think that's a great layer. And that's the, and that's kind of like the rule of reciprocity. I give you something, you feel like you need to give me something back, and I appreciate you. You know, the loyalty points make sense, and you're absolutely right. Customer service, you got inventory uh, stock ready, uh, delivery times are short, great, all that wonderful. All that is table stakes. Yeah, of course, everybody has yeah. that's table stakes for actually being in business. So this incentive program, if, if folks are not implementing, could become a slight differentiator. And that, that's really, I think, what you're trying to drive home there is that you're, there's, there's not a lot of places you can differentiate today in the market. So if you don't have an incentive plan as part of your base commission, then I think you might be missing out on an opportunity to differentiate. Yeah, yeah with, without question, it creates that one more value. Think, uh, Victor, think about the great products in the marketplace, right? Think about past the product, think about that loyalty to the brand. Think about the feeling that's associated with that connection. And whether it be my Apple, you know, whether it be my iPhone, right? Whether it be an Apple laptop or whether it be a, a you know, driving your Honda or a BMW or a Mercedes. I mean, there is that connection that you want to establish that all things being equal in the marketplace, you got a, you got a, you got a customer, all things are being equal. And you've got a customer that's being courted by a lot of your competitors in the marketplace. They're trying to circle around your customer and they're planning and strategizing today in the marketplace. As you know, all the all your competitors are thinking, how do we take Victor's customer away from Victor? Mm -hmm. Those are things that are going on in the marketplace right now. So I want to, so all, yeah, I wanted to ask you, cause I mean, you're, you're raising it. You're raising yeah. an interesting point. The, and, and, yeah. I, and I'll go yeah. off on a tangent real quickly and come back to the point. Yeah. Uh, people won't leave Facebook, not because they're they're happy with Facebook. Is it because they got all their stuff loaded on Facebook? They got all their pictures, all their videos, and all the connections already made on Facebook. That's called a sunk cost. It's a mental sunk cost, right? And what you're highlighting, I think, is important, that sometimes we don't look at reward programs as sunk cost programs. And that means that if I've built all these points, if all this goodwill slash points that I can use, that's a sunk cost. I'm not going anywhere. So that goes to loyalty slash retention. Golden handcuffs yes. <laughs> or customers, golden handcuffs for, so, for sales people. I was trying to be nicer. Think I was trying it. to be more diplomatic about it. But yeah. <laughs> that's, for, that's maybe for your after dark show. I don't know. what uh, Victor, check this out. My, my wife comes to me and say, honey, we, we can get, uh, she comes back with her cards that she gets. We can get 2%. We can get 2.5%. We can get this. We can get that. And, you know, for the business, listen, I'm already invested. Amex card, uh, there is an emotional attachment to it. I get stuff with utilizing Amex card, the points. I'm already attached. I'm already register, restart, all that kind of stuff. It's the same thing with your loyalty program or an incentive program for your customers. Uh, so a competitor comes in and tries to beat you up and give you a, give a price discount you can't win on a price discount. You'll get killed. You can't effectively for the long term 
utilize price as a compelling reason or the only reason to do business. So things being equal and so that maybe your cost is a little bit higher as long as you could substantiate your cost benefit analysis and you add the incentive to it, it adds that element of an emotional connection that kind of makes it harder for them to leave uh, and, and puts that in the forefront of their mind. Point, mm. point well noted. Yeah, Victor. I think it's also interesting that when you look at money, as we talked about already with the gift cards, there's money in terms of cash currency, then there's a gift card. What you're also highlighting is that, look, somebody can come in and give them a discount money on the product or service to compete with us. But on the other side, you got this gift card, the Amex reward with all these points on it, and you can't really compare apples to apples on this, right? You can't, it's hard for the client to do a mental comparison between, oh yeah, 5% discount here versus all my points that I have here. It's hard to do that. And I, and I think that's almost like obfuscating any type of decision-making process. So the client's gonna say, no, nah, no, nah, I don't wanna lose this. Now, I don't know what yeah. that really means. And to that, yeah, to that, to that point, Victor, just let me just piggyback sure. that because, you know, we, again, you better write this note. You and I are going to do a series for incentives for companies around Love the it. world. Uh, you and I are going to get together on that. Um, when you use discounting as price as your main lead to get the business, that discount that you incentivize, that you're using for that initial offer, that trial period or for that year end discount it becomes acclimated to the customer's mindset as your overall pricing. So when you remove the discount and go back to your traditional pricing, whoa, I just had a price increase. You see how it screws with the screws around with the integrity of your pricing. Uh, rule of thumb, maintain your price integrity, add, add to your pricing integrity, build up value, use incentives to add another layer to justify the little bit of the increase in pricing that your customers are getting for doing business with you versus the competition and not from Harry who's trying to undercut you with rock bottom pricing. By the way, what you just said is brilliant because in its subtlety, and that is yep. that when you do price discounts, when we talked about the mental buckets, when you give a price discount, it's hard to go back up. Right. And so by putting an incentive program over here, you labeled it as a different mental economic bucket. And so that's always easy to take back or change. But pricing is always tough. All right, H, take us home. Number six yeah. in this platform of yours. We're, we're in the red zone. All right. All right, let's huddle up here. Let's get All come right. on. Here. Let's, bring, let's get into the huddle here. Red zone here. We're going to punch it in like the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, <laughs> all right. So basically, uh, just, a, just, a, just a, a rule of thumb here. This is the golden rule. Whatever, when we do it, when you work with a pro and in getting incentives that are going to be implemented in your company, when you work with a pro, work with a great team. Number one, whatever gets identified, whatever gets tracked, whatever gets reported and rewarded will have a positive productivity increase. Let me just say that again. That's a lot of... Uh, a mouthful there. Whatever gets identified, whatever gets tracked, whatever gets reported and rewarded, you're going to have a positive plus variance. You're going to have engagement. You're going to have an increase. Whatever the target that we've identified is, we're going to move the bar up. Just by taking the initiative of doing those things, we're going to move the bar by doing a professional, uh, a comprehensive or uh, an engaging incentive program. You're going to make positive results that make financial sense to your CFO and your CEO. Uh, so that's that's where that is. And, and then on that on that benefit number six. And again, I just want to summarize whether it be motivating the non-employees, increasing morale, whether it be motivating the sales team for driving quota and performance, whether it be retention, whether it be an HR, whether it be customers getting new accounts, getting cross-selling opportunities and getting more loyalty from your customers, retaining customers. There is a plethora of, of choices that we can go after to utilize to drive that positive and, and, and a properly planned incentives. When identified, tracked, reported, and rewarded, we're going to get positive results and a positive ROI. I love it. You, you just made, that was you made, a mouthful. You made incentive. That's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, you, you just made incentive program sounds like a Swiss army knife for improving sales performance or revenue growth. I love that. By the way, here's an interesting question I didn't ask, and, and you, you, you highlighted this towards the end here on element number six, is that I decide to hire your company to put together an incentive program for me. 
How, how does that work in terms of, you said, what's identified, tracked, reported, is rewarded. Yeah. Well, how does the tracking work? You know, I mean, you'll help me identify yeah. what we can do. But yes. then how does the tracking work? Yeah, great, great question. Okay, so... And again, I, I hope I haven't over uh, created too much intimidation with you know, those incentives and make it complex. Incentives are really easy from a standpoint when you're working with a pro. We can think of think of my team and myself as a Sherpa. I'm going to guide you up to Mount Everest safely, uh, quickly. I'm going to save your life, going to save you time and save you money and get you there to the top and, and back with a great experience. So what we do, the initial thing is this is an initial consultation. You got to sit down. We provide a no-cost initial consultation and just doing fact-finding, just like a, a professional, right? Just like a sales pro. What are your objectives? What are your challenges? What's keeping you up at night? What are your pain points? How is your sales team, team doing? What's the size of your sales team? What are the different layers of your sales team's productivity? Where are you having challenges? What's going on? Products, margins, and to do a complete comprehensive fact find. And then what we do is we take that information uh, as a complimentary, no cost uh, consultation. We take that information and based on that, we create a blueprint, a playbook, a guide that we put together and we present the client with a solution with different options and alternatives to be able to drive the results that they're looking for. Now, should they decide to engage us and taking that playbook that we design for them, and that's up to them, should they decide to engage us and then we'll go ahead through a process of designing the program marketing the program, launching the program, what are the different tools that we're going to use, uh, engaging, engaging, we're going to use digital assets, digital videos, emails, then uh, how are we going to track this? And today, everything is more um, geared towards even more so in the digital world. We have online tools where participants can simply go on their phone, log into their account and say, hey, I'm buying from Victor, the distributor, flooring products or your roofing products or your window products. And I'm able to see my account. H. John Mejia is buying from Victor Distributor for my purchases this year. I've earned 10,000 reward points. And every month I get an update and I get a ping on my phone and my email that, hey, you're buying from Victor here. You've added some more points, just like on my Amex card. Imagine the Amex powerful uh, identity of the Amex. Think of it now that we've got it on your phone now. We've got it on your email and communicating with you as a customer to be able to drive that behavior. And that's where the engagement, I'm getting that little ding points, more points. The dopamine effect kicks in. And I take my points. I go in, buy ki uh, my kids gifts, I uh, buy a barbecue grill, go on a golf vacation and utilize that with the updating on the, on the tracking. Uh, or maybe if it's old school, um, some contractors, you're able to do an email. Uh, the sales team is able now, your involvement is able to touch base, make that touch every month. Hey, Victor, good to talk to you again. Uh, here's your purchases update. And then you're reaching out to Victor one more time and saying, oh, Victor, here's your update. You got 3,200 points for your purchases last month of your widgets, blah, 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 blah. It's one more point of contact. So hopefully that gives you kind of a good idea of the the comprehensive uh, ability that we're able to have with the resources that we have to be able to deliver that for you. So you have, so I as a company don't have to buy a platform. I'm going to use your platform. Nope. And then through the yes. power of mobile phones and maybe even our computers, we'll be able to get the updates to what those incentives are. And I love the last point you made, which is sometimes you need an excuse to talk to your customer. And what a great way to go back yeah, and say, hey, by the way, just want to give you an update on your point system that you got here to show them some progress. So as a company, you take care of that from a platform standpoint. They, you just have an yes. app. They log in. They look at it. They're good to go. And, and just a 15-second add-on to that, uh, and, and thank you for you keeping me gr uh, great on track. We're, we're a great team here, Victor, is this, is that they go to the platform and imagine on that platform seeing thousands of different reward options. Reward options from golf, computers, reward options, anything you can imagine. We've got all the award options. We have all the trip options, depending on what we design for the client. But we have all the platform, the communication. All we do is we plug the client into the system. 
with their goals and objectives and design a custom-made solution to drive the results that they're looking for. I love that because it's almost like walking in and doing some shopping. So if I can say, I'm going to give you a phrase, from gift cards to gift cars and everything in between. <laughs> Something like that. I like I like that. I like that. I like that. I'm going to trademark yeah, that right yeah, now. It's all yours, I like man. That. But I think everything in between. So anyway, H, man, I think that was a good summary. Uh, yeah. Six key points to go through. I love that. So if people need to find out more, I'm going to give you the last word. First of all, where yeah. can they find out more about you? And two, you have the last yes. word on this one. Oh, okay, awesome. Go to my website, uh, hjohnmejia.com, H-J-O-H-N-M-E-J-I-A.com, hjohnmejia.com, H-J-O-H-N-M-E-J-I-A.com. That's my per, uh, personal business uh, branded website. You can connect with me there. You can reach out to me uh, with uh, with uh, following up there. Also, I'm going to have one more last uh, shout out for my book, Step Into Your Zone, A Playbook of Secrets for Business, Sales, and Life. I'm so proud of this book. Um, my objective with this book is to help people to take the lessons, the triumphs that I've experiences, experienced, along with the struggles that I've had dealing with... Uh, you know, self-sabotage, th dealing with, uh, at moments, uh, negative self-talk. I take people through a journey of stories uh, that I've experienced, things that have worked with me, worked for me, things that haven't worked for me, and share them in the book that people can connect with. It's been an easy read. I do interview a lot of people, uh, some great people, some great uh, business people, share some thoughts in the book. I share business um strategy. So this is truly a playbook guide that you can refer to in, in the years to come. And that can be on Amazon. Uh, go to amazon.com, go to the book section, step into your zone, step into your zone. And I appreciate all the support there. H, thank you very much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. I totally enjoyed the conversation, especially again thank on you, a Victor. topic that's underserved. So by the way, if you listen to this podcast, yeah. reach out to H. John Mejia. We'll put his uh, domain name in the actual uh, show notes, but reach out to him because if this is something that you're looking to put as part of your playbook in terms of uh, compensation for your salespeople, or again, internally or for your market, this guy will give you at least some guidance as to what you need and what you can and cannot do. And again, I think it may be a differentiator that a lot of you need. And on that note, this is Victor Antonio signing off on the Sales Influence Podcast. Leave me some feedback on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, Pandora, Spotify, or wherever you find me. And after you do that, after you find me and you're listening to this right now, when you finish, check out hjohnmejia.com. Check out the book, Step Into Your Zone on Amazon. And after you do all that, you know you should check out the Sales Velocity Academy at salesvelocityacademy.com. We just had some new fast classes, got some great webinars coming up, and all this to help you sell more effectively. For, effectively from H. John Mejia and Victor Antonio, we're always reminding you, selling ain't hard when you incentivize people and you know how. Take care.